Placer Beasts. Yeah, leading with the monster this time. We're not even going to tell you who we are, what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Keep up. Uh, Displacer Beast, it is a monster. It is a monstrous predator. Let me get this book closer. It is a, this is one of those like classic D&D monsters. Yeah. Put a thing from one thing onto another thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it works. It is, uh, yeah. it's kind of iconic. It's not as iconic as like the beholder. Yeah. But it is something that turns up a lot. If you do a Google image search, you will find all kinds of different illustrations, oh, different yeah. styles. Um, I kind of like them all. It is, uh, it's hard to do. It's a, it's one that's kind of hard to do wrong. Yeah. It can withstand a bunch of different iterations. It's kind of like Batman where like, it can be. You can do a cute chibi version. You yeah. can do a hyper realistic version. You can do yeah. grim and gritty. You can make it fantastical and whimsical. There's all kinds of ways to do it, and they all kind of turn out good. Yeah, there's like something elemental there that carries over. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what you do, in yeah, there's something about it that just kind of works. Yeah, uh, but we haven't even described it yet. This is a podcast <laughs> where you listen and not re- look at images, which is something that happens all the time. Anyways, Monstrous Predator takes its name from its ability to displace light so that it appears to be several feet away from its actual location. So that's its main gimmick. That's, yeah. the, whole, that's the whole deal. The, it resembles a sleek, great cat covered in blue-black fur. Its otherworldly origins are clear in its six legs, and the two tentacles sprouting from its shoulders, both ending in pads tipped with spiky protrusions. So uh, it's got those. Yeah. A displacer beast's eyes glow with an awful malevolence that persists even in death. Oh, it's the dead one's eyes glow still. That's yeah. cool. I don't know why. Actually, I do know why that's a thing, sort of. Uh, so like... In the the history of the Displacer Beast in its various iterations, it's one of the original monsters from the 70s Monster Manual book. Um, It mentions there that... I'll just read it because it's great. This vaguely puma-like creature is bluish-black. Its tentacles are dead black. The horny edges of the tentacles are brownish-yellow, and its eyes glow a hellish green. (laughs) So then since then, every... Uh, description of the displacer beast like that's just kind of a there's no reason for it to be glowing other than like predators eyes cat's eyes glow in the light yeah yeah so that's what it's doing so that in every description like it seems in the various editions it ends with like a glowing eye the colors change sometimes and the color mentioned in the text doesn't always reflect the illustration which is a perfect uh summary of D &D art yeah (laughs) 
So then we get into the specifics, the unseelie origins. Displacer beasts roamed the twilight lands of the Feywild for ages until they were captured and trained by the unseelie court, which means nothing to you if you're just reading this. Uh, fairies, so the Feywild is a whole thing. Whole thing, yeah. It is a dimension of, it's a more vivid uh, reflection of our normal universe. It's where fairies live, where they have like, uh, they live like hyper lives of yeah. heightened emotions and heightened uh, vibrancy in yeah. the fauna and flora. And the unseelie, so there's, there's two different courts. Uh, there's the seelie court, which are kind of like good fairies, and yeah. the unseelie are bad fairies. And that's the gist of it. So these. Uh, are captured and trained by the unseelie court. Anything uh, kind of dangerous and dark and gothy, that's unseelie. The warriors of the court selectively bred the beasts to be uh, to hunt things, including unicorns, <laughs> pegasi, and other wondrous prey. And then the displacer beasts turned on them, and now they run around and breed freely in the Feywild. Uh, so that's where... They kind of did a Jurassic Park, sort of. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. Uh, riding on the coattails of the dinosaur uh, episode. This is same idea, kind of. Jurassic Park beasts. They um, so that that's kind of what the book suggests their native habitat is, and where you'll mm-hmm. find them. Like a super like weird lush like vaguely alien looking forest full of weird magical creatures yeah, yeah. which makes a lot of sense because yeah. they are they have tentacles coming out of their shoulders and they have six legs so yeah, that's great i always imagine the Feywild looking like in the dark crystal when they're in the forest but like all the plants are moving around like sea creatures yeah and some of them that's, are talking or something yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's a good way yeah i think the Feywild is that you could represent by a lot of like jim henson yeah events yeah jim henson things happening yeah and this this could be a jim a great this could make a great puppet oh yeah which yeah. is a good test of a of a monster yeah look, like how good know? of a puppet would it be yeah that's a great yeah we should have a scoring system puppet scoring yeah with a hypothetical puppet score Pu- yeah <laughs> but if i google image search displacer beast puppet we get a little something but uh you do that okay dear listener yeah so, on top of that, they are um, the Seelie Court, the good guys, uh, in order to deal with all these displacer beasts running around, have things called blink dogs, which are just like displacer beasts. They can they do something weird with their location in space, yeah, and they hunt them down to get rid of them. To this day, displacer beasts and blink dogs attack each other on sight, which... Uh, has been in their text since the uh, beginnings as well. And I think that the uh, this was originally... There's not much I th- that I could find history of like the Displacer Beast's original inclusion, except I know the source material it's from. But the uh, it's, it's inspired by some creature from a couple of short stories. But other than that, the, the cat and dog thing, I think is just one of those like you're just scribbling a monster and it's a cat basically. And so you write something, I made a displacer beast. I'm going to make like a dog that does the same thing and they hate each other. All right. So I I got a cat. That's not where you think it is. 
I'll make a dog that can uh, change where it is. <laughs> uh, genius. Yeah, yeah. Or good enough. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of like a throwaway joke yeah. or like a throwaway thing, maybe. And then they, he wrote, they wrote the Blink Dogs, and then it becomes D&D history. Yeah. But then there's uh, later on, there's something called, in one of the, the magazines, <laughs> uh, Dragon Magazine, there was a, they do these articles called the ecology of such and such where they get into like way more detail about certain monsters. And a lot of it is biological where it's like, here's when they're born and how many are per litter and how long they take to, to grow up and all this stuff. Uh, mostly really to me, not super interesting or useful ever, but it's just like, if you like reading about this stuff, it's there. But the one thing about the, the blink dogs that I think is neat is that it's suggested that because of their displacing, uh, like the magics involved in the mm-hmm. displacing, that when they're near each other, it it sends like vibrations that they are sensitive to, oh. so like they're kind of phasing into each other's uh, like space. So it causes it causes this kind of like friction that they're feeling that they really yeah. find uncomfortable. So when they're just present in each other's area, like within a hundred feet or something, they start getting like really anxious and uh, uh, it's un- it's p- kind of painful and uncomfortable. So they seek out the other creatures and like try to kill them right all yeah. the time, no matter what, Yeah, which is kind of neat because <clears throat> in the original monster manual, their power is described uh, thusly. The molecular vibrations of the displacer beast are such that it always appears to be three feet um, to the left, right, ahead, or behind of its actual position. And in the fifth edition one that we're we're looking at, um, it describes it, it is a magical illusion. So it's a different thing. So like the yeah, that's a different thing. Physics is different than than magic in these kinds of settings generally. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. exactly. So there's there's an interesting uh, difference between it being a molecular thing yeah. versus a magical illusion. I, yeah, uh, like with most things, the reason I think for the magical illusion thing in the Displacer Beast in fifth edition, when you read the whole uh, script of how it works, it it just gives them. Um, attack rolls against them have disadvantage. Right. Is how it works. Yeah. Uh, which is different than the original, which is they have, um, it makes a blanket, um, it subtracts two from any rolls made to attack them. Mm-hmm. Which is the kind of like the advantage and disadvantage mechanic was kind of invented to cover all of the little things like that that take away two add one yeah. take away three whatever for simplicity you just get rid of it yeah but the thing about advantage and disadvantage is if anything if anything could give you advantage when you already when there's already disadvantage then it negates it yeah right and mm-hmm. there are in fifth edition there are a million ways to get advantage on something totally yeah including and that's not even counting like rulings that you just make as a dm of like 
clever ideas that aren't covered through actual moves you can do in the yeah, game. Yeah, it's right? like, well, I'm, I'm going to be above it, so I'm going to like plunge down onto it real badass. It's like, okay, cool, you get you, you get an advantage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. There's a million ways yeah. to get around it, so where it's just, <laughs> even though this thing has disadvantage, uh, could have could be harder to hit there's a, mm-hmm. a lot of ways to get rid of that yeah and it would be really hard to like codify be, make it like a puzzle you have to figure out that it's three feet to the left right. or whatever direction this one's doing exactly right? yeah. so this is the thing that fifth edition flattens um a lot of the novel situations mm-hmm. proposed by monsters uh originally and like hard to say if this is a good thing or a bad thing you kind of have to take it on a case-by-case basis because usually 5th edition has done a really good job of, of making it everything simpler. Yeah. But in some cases like this, I think it is way cooler to have the Displacer Beast have its powers just like intrinsic to itself and not yeah. it be a magical illusion. It is yeah. molecules. Like the 5th edition, you will not find the word molecule, I don't think, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And the idea of it being... uh like in fifth edition, it is tied to the fairy court. It's the Feywild. Mm-hmm. In the original, it's just something that's out there. Yeah. And uh, it, it kind of begs more questions. And the Feywild thing is like, it kind of makes sense. Like you put like this crazy uh, tentacled uh, cloaked panther in the Feywild. It makes sense thematically yeah. and aesthetically. Yeah, it's like, okay, what would be like the natural predator of unicorns? Yeah, like a tentacle <laughs> panther. <laughs> Yeah. 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 For sure a tentacle panther. Yeah, the the if you the way that D&D always tries to make an ecology for something. Yeah. A a unicorn begs the invention of something like this, right? Yeah. Unicorn implies tentacle panther, I think. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's just that like and and the other way around. It's just like that balances out. It's an yeah. it's like an equation. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's the thing. I like the molecules. I and like if, the molecules too, yeah. And like you said, I think it's cool to, it'd be hard to run. I don't know how exactly it could happen, but I'm sure someone's done it where you have to logically figure out mm-hmm. that the thing is three feet away from where you think it is. Yeah, I guess you would have to like mention that it like takes a swipe away from you. Yeah. But it like you, the scratch hits you or something. Like it seems to be missing you, but it is hitting you. And then when you are hitting it, your weapon appears to phase through it yeah right and so you would have to somebody would have to intentionally say i'm aiming for the space like this far away from it yeah you know and i'm gonna and then make the attack and still have to roll to see if you hit or anything right yeah yeah but then once you do hit then like oh then it reacts but over there even though you swung over here it reacts over there yeah that kind of thing which depending on your taste could be like so tedious yeah that you know yeah could be fun it could be fun i think a lot of that is going to depend on like how well that combat is narrated Mm -hmm. you know like that's it's like that's got to be that can't just be like a numbers sort of thing and like very seldom should it just be a numbers thing there should there's like when there's like a lot of flourishes in combat and stuff but yeah that could go either way yeah i think you got to know you got to make sure your players are up to something they can't just keep spamming can't trips out or whatever right yeah but cool idea. It's a really cool idea. And it um it's that's part of what makes it so unique and memorable is like I think a lot of the creatures that have like one unique uh mechanic 
mm-hmm. are ones that really mm-hmm. last forever in memory and are easily grasped and persist. So like the beholder shoots eye rays that have yeah. different effects and they're kind of random. Like mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that sticks out. And then there's the, uh, what's the one that there's the undead that paralyzes ghouls. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, like these, th- there's nothing complicated, but it's, it sticks in your mind. Yeah. So I give the displacer beast an a, uh, flat a <laughs> yeah flat a it's a it's a that's the solid gimmick you yeah know? solid yeah, gimmick solid gimmick mm-hmm. uh, a lot of puppet potential solid gimmick yeah, pu- yeah. Good puppet potential good um b-movie effects oh yeah potential totally. uh yeah i want to see i want to see uh john carpenter's take yeah on a, yeah. On a displacer beast i want uh jason statham to drive around in a submarine looking for a displacer beast. Oh my god! And then him yeah. to look at the camera and go, "Displacer beast." It's so terrible. <laughs> I can't. I don't even. I can't even know what he sounds like. Jason Statham. Yeah. It. He's. I don't know. He's got this this British accent. I'm not good with British accents. I can do like one. Yeah, I can do. I can do. I'm not going to do it on this podcast, but I can. <laughs> I can describe to. I can do one. I think is a non-existent posh accent. I think Ooh. it's like a like a weird posh, like fancy British accent. Yeah, I don't it's so believe fancy that, that it's like within the fancy people. It's its own. Yeah, like I don't think anyone really talks that way. Yeah, you know. But it's it's so like curious. I'll yeah. Well, when the when the mics are off, I'll, okay. I don't want to codify it now. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just but just break it out in normal conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a much better way. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I think I, I forgot one part of their description. Uh, love of the kill, displacer oh, beasts, yeah. uh, kill for sport. That's basically it. Which uh, you wouldn't. I don't even think you'd have to say that. I guess yeah. it bears repeating because they're they're cats, so cats do that. That's the thing. Oh, totally. Do. Yeah. I uh, apparently um, uh, when they're when they're knocking when cats are knocking stuff off of tables, uh-huh. they are making sure that it's not a mouse or something Faking. else. That, yeah, because like a mice will freeze when yeah. they're like, "Oh, I am going to die if I try to run," so I'm going to stay still and hope it gets bored. Yeah, and cats in an evolutionary arm race are like. Oh, that thing's not moving. What if I Fl- yeah, just yeah. like push it off a table, and then they because they watch it fall down and they they uh, like see what happens. See what happens, right? Yeah. They're trying to flush prey mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, um, and you might think like, well, no way would a cat think that a glass of water is actually a mouse, or that like whatever whatever it is is a is a mouse. But like that's it's an instinct. They're doing yeah. it. Cause, cause they just feel it. They feel they got it. They feel yeah. they ought to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. I buy that. Yeah, and that's my and. Uh, but also the thing with cats is like they're they they. It's a love of the kill. It's like a murder instinct. But like to them, they're just playing. They're just like it's not like it's not the same sort of thing. Yeah, it is for a human. They're going right? to the gym. That's yeah. It's practice. You can't you can't blame them. It's not their fault that they're weird little murder monsters. <laughs> you know. That's yeah. Yeah, that's but fun. really big cats. Uh, then it becomes a different sort of thing. Yeah, and they have yeah. a higher intelligence too. It even says that they they set ambushes and they uh, show skill yeah. in setting ambushes. Nice. So that's a thing. Uh, they will strike and withdraw to lure prey into densely edit, densely wooded areas where they have pack mates. They're kind of mm-hmm. like velociraptors as well. Yeah. They're they're pretty good uh, like pack hunters, but they're different than wolves 
somehow. Yeah. Uh, thematically. <clears throat> yeah. Imagine a pride of displacer beasts yeah. stalking a, an enchanted forest. Yeah. There's, there's definitely like a monster movie element to it. Yeah. Because of their, their displacement. And, uh, you know, it also reminds me of predator. Yeah. Right. Like a cloaked, uh, jungle hunter. Yeah. Totally. Leaping from the trees and, and, stalking yeah. people. And it's worth noting that they have an alignment too. They're lawful evil. So oh, like damn. a lot of like uh like monsters, yeah. like animalistic monsters are like, oh they're on a line, they're just doing their thing, right? Yeah. Like the cats I just the real life cats I just described. I would say cats are largely unaligned. <laughs> right? Um displacer beasts, lawful evil. Yeah. They, they 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 there's a there's a whole like moral world that they have a place in. Yeah, that's kinda yeah. neat. I didn't notice that. I wonder how they uh, because they were they were used as um, hunters, yeah, um, for the unseely court, but they rebelled. Mm-hmm. So okay, so they they're lawful evil. So they don't care if they hurt people. They probably enjoy hurting people, but they have like a structure. There's like a code that they kind of believe in, right? Like that's that's like lawful evil. Yeah, that in in, in one form of lawful evil. So like maybe, and they're predators. So if they just like respect hunting prowess more mm-hmm. than anything else and will like listen to a thing with really like, good hunting skills like predators right yeah like the movie predators um the aliens and so if they're like wait a second these like unseely like court masters you know they don't know how to hunt that's what they made us we're good at that we're better at this we're gonna we're gonna go do what we're good at you know yeah yeah we don't we don't need to be a part of this pack we'll start our own cool pack because we're better you know that's my take on it they don't have a language, though. Oh, they don't? No. Well, they're doing that... You know, they're not saying that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They don't communicate. Those are their, yeah, those are, those are the... Because uh, what? They got, they got six intelligence, 12 wisdom, so they can go through all those emotions. Totally, yeah. Right? Yeah. And they guess... Um, you know, like, w- wolf uh, packs have communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of animals have communication. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the... The alignment is interesting mm-hmm. part of it as well. So they're like, yeah, they have a, they have a code that they just know through body language and yeah, like some signals. Because you have to, if you're using this limitation that they don't have a language, you can't right. give them credit for like, like is whale song a language? Yeah. You know, it is in a way, but it's not in, in our... Uh, definition of like you couldn't put it yeah. to scripts or maybe you could but you couldn't you can't get into details with it like we think yeah. we can with our language there's a there's the russian uh the soviet union navy the russian navy in the 70s they uh had this scheme of uh they wanted to basically um find a way to figure out the whale language and they wanted to design a machine to like make whale songs, but like a, whatever specific whale songs. I don't know why they didn't want to just like play whale songs. I think yeah. they wanted they wanted to like be able to like dial in their own thing, yeah. right? And so they they built um, what is essentially a really really weird synthesizer that was made to like make whale songs because they thought if they could communicate with whales, they could get whales to all form a pod around. Um, nuclear submarines and so that when the US Navy was or any NATO was like is that a Russian submarine no it's just a pod of whales but hiding in the pod of whales was a submarine 
um, and it didn't work. And so the synthesizer is a synthesizer you can buy now. Oh, no um, uh, it's, it sounds really cool. It's really weird. Oh, at least the company making it uh, claims that that's what it's it, it's it's inspired by those circuits is what they say. Okay. Uh, the, the Lyra Eight is what it is. But um, uh, there's a story in the news a while ago that there was a beluga with the property of the Russian Navy tag on it. So like, did they get it? Did they figure it out? They... No, but they definitely yeah. uh, procured some whales in the process. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there was the they uh, they tried to be able to get whales to join the to join the navy. Join the navy. Yeah, <laughs> but they ended up making a real cool synthesizer. That's cool. Accident. Maybe you could copy that idea for the displacer beast. Yeah, like... try to make a so you know, it's an instrument. That was originally you made it. Somebody made it to try to communicate with displacer. Yeah, beasts. the unseelie court used yeah. them to yeah the the displacer beast around. Right. So this beautiful, weird, haunting music, or just yeah. like sounds like displacer beast it's sounds. music that is like three keys off what yeah. you intend the message to be. Yeah, the music is displaced. I love it. That's yeah, that's so, great. It's like it's discordant to our ears, but to them, it sounds. Yeah, correct. So you, you gotta you gotta shift things over a little bit. Yeah. So this yeah. is this is a good excuse for you to put like a weird instrument app on your phone. Yeah. And then when someone's trying to order a Spacer Beast to do something, you just like mash it. Yeah. And make all this awful noise. Yeah. Out. It's it's always three semitones sharp. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, and then there are prized guards and pets. It says under the oh, stack yeah. block, which is like I think we already covered that. But it, yeah, uh, they might they might guard they so they're smart enough to be given like semi complicated tasks. You can leave one in a room and expect it to yeah. guard it, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, because sometimes you have uh, like creatures like monsters that can like understand a language but not speak. Not neither in this case; they just have no language. Yeah. So I guess you just you just. I don't know. It yeah. kind of, yeah, it kind of, uh, if you just looked at the stat block, you'd think it'd just have like an animal intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a smarter animal, but mm-hmm. it, I don't know, like the, the text kind of suggests that they're like a little smarter than your average dog or yeah. wolf or something, but not smart enough to have their own language entirely. Um, it's kind of neat. It's kind of weird because it's not uh, you can't treat it like an animal. It's a it's a monstrosity mm-hmm. of its in its own right. Yeah, and it was created by an empire of evil fairies in another dimension. Was it created? Was did or were they? No, they did, roamed. They, did, the they roamed land. it. Okay, yeah, 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 so they're, yeah. They're natural to their. Yeah, but they're not fae. They're they're monstrosities. Yeah, too. So it suggests mm-hmm. maybe they came from elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, and they got see tentacles usually mean like outer planes further away stuff right. in ma- magical monsters mm-hmm. um just going by other examples of those things yeah um, but it's a monstrosity it's not an aberration right yeah hmm. uh, yeah uh. and monstrosities because <laughs> that's 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 your that's your that's your manticores so, yeah those are your like that's medieval your, yeah. style monsters yeah. that are just like they just exist on the material plane but they're yeah. definitely not normal yeah it, like the monstrosities that's like and it's in the name i'm thinking like that's just a that's a monster that is a that is your well and proper yeah, monster your yeah. uh, textbook monster yeah yeah it's like there's a there's a there's a 
class of beetles, I think, that are called true bugs. It's like you can call all bugs bugs, but these ones, these are bugs. Yeah. Like stink bugs and katydids, I think, yeah. are kinds of true bugs. Maybe not katydids, but stink bugs. Those are true bugs, right? That's a true bug. Yeah. So in the same way, a displacer beast is a true monster. Yeah. 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 It is a true monster. Yeah. It even There's even a medieval uh, origin to them. Oh, yeah? As an idea. Yeah. Let me look it up here. They have... It's a, it's a monster that turns up in... In legends, um, not just like prominently uh, panthers factor into a lot of Mesoamerican mm-hmm. re- uh, religious beliefs um, from the... The days when there was an Amazon rainforest, and but there's also a a panther. Th- that's a jaguar specifically, right? The yeah. jaguar, and that's a whole thing. <clears throat> but the panther, so a panther is just a uh, it's a category. It's a l- large cat, basically, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But there's a panther mentioned in several like medieval uh, like minor stories that there's no real consensus on what it was. It was just like uh, the word panther in Greek means uh, every wild beast. That's like one interpretation. (laughs) So it's like a, it's a often it is kind of shown as a composite. One of those endlessly touted composite monsters. Yeah. Mashing two things together. Yeah. Uh, It's sometimes a donkey Sometimes with a horned head, long neck, and a horse's body, and a whole bunch of other forms. There's no clear th- way that it should look. In Germany, it is there's heraldry with it. It's mm-hmm. a panther, but it's got four horns, cow's ears, and a fiery red tongue. Sweet. <laughs> it's on the there's a Croatian city uh, called Kress, I think, where their uh, coat of arms is a panther like blowing fire out of its mouth. Yeah. Which is a thing. And out of its ears for some reason. <laughs> oh, also, oh yeah. So sometimes it looks like that because there's legends of it having a sweet smell. Oh. <laughs> so the smell is the, is, is it's got like smell, sweet smell lines coming out of its mouth and ears. Yeah. You know what? Do that in your game. Make them smell real good. <laughs> smell really yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, and it has like colored spots, so it's like it could be something like a cheetah, maybe inspired by like people looking at uh, traveling to Africa and seeing cheetahs, maybe. But there's no clear connection. And then there's there's a specific uh, version of this tale concerning King Arthur. So there's this creature called the Kath Palug, or Kath Palak, or Kath Balug, a whole bunch of different ways, uh, meaning Palug's cat, which I still don't understand. Uh, there's a whole there's a whole bunch of stuff to read, which would be very difficult for me to untangle. I'm Palug's a, cat. Yeah, P A L U G apostrophe S cat. The French name is Chapelou. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a bunch of poems, uh, French poems, yeah, kind of 
um, added onto the legend of King Arthur that describe this this water cat, this aquatic cat killing King Arthur at the end. And it's one of these things. So like uh, the Arthurian legends had some meddling later on, if I have this right. So like Sir Lancelot Mm -hmm. was added way later by French people. Oh, to add this like other elements. Also, Sir uh, uh, Lancelot is not a mistake as a name that is intended because he cuckolds King Arthur. Oh my God! Right? That's yeah. It's not a. It's not. It's a joke. It's so good. <laughs> but it it has entered the main like story. Yeah. Uh, and it's now kind of inseparable from from it. But so the French, uh, mm-hmm. I, as I understand it like purposely tried to like confuse and like embarrass the entire story right through various means by adding all these like these little we will show them by putting a lewd puns in their famous literature okay so you'll do a french accent but you won't do your your english accent i because i i'm uh i gotta i gotta work up to it you know so you know okay. what? I'll put it. I'll edit it in. I'll okay. edit it into this episode. <laughs> sure. Yeah, because I can't. I can't bring it up in a recorded media. And if it's a sound thing, yeah, I just I gotta. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> cat pullog may mean scratching cat. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of different uh, possibilities. So it's a it's a it's a water cat. It's an aquatic cat. It's a sort of fish cat. Which uh, I don't know why that's I don't know the actual story the mm-hmm. text of the story, yeah. but that is it is it is associated with uh, nearby water, um, depending on which version of the tale. There's like a whole bunch of different versions, but there's like a a prominent Welsh version where the the cat started life as a black kitten, given birth by a great white sow, and a black uh, rock mm-hmm. at the Black Rock. So at a at a Black Rock in a Welsh place, which I won't even bother to try to pronounce. Uh, the kitten was cast into the sea, where it was found by the sons of Paulug, not realizing that that cat was going to go on to become one of the three great plagues of the island. So it became this like very dangerous monster cat in the water somehow. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like if an animal gets born in a weird place and you throw it in the ocean, you're just asking for a monster. You're asking for trouble. Yeah. Cats don't belong in the water. There's, those are yeah. two elements you yeah. don't mix. Two yeah. great tastes that taste uh, bad yeah. together. Yeah. Um, there's a there's another poem uh, where. There's a there's a description of a of a shield, a special shield that has been polished against Pollock's cat to suggest that this was like a known mm-hmm. monster that this this polished shield would somehow guard against. And there's a part where Arthur raises a shield, causing the cats to attack their own shadows reflected in it. Ooh. So that's a cool yeah. angle to think about with a displacer beast as like a potential way to handle them is like since they mess with light, you should mess with their own light. And if yeah. you cause them like cats are very kind of easily distracted with prey. Right. Yeah. So you just make them attack their own 
their own images or for or shadows or something. Yeah, and it's mirrors, the it's the, the ultimate version of a cat chasing its own tail, right? Yeah. yeah. Chasing its tail, it's not even there. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, so this that's possibly like. It seems like a, this is a really deep cut, I think, in the Arthurian legends. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if the makers of D&D had this in mind with the cat, with the Displacer Beast, but I know that the origins of it could be traced to something called the uh, Coral. Co- C-O-E-U-R-L. Corel. It is from a, a couple of short stories called, uh, one is called The Black Destroyer, and The Black Destroyer and a few other books, uh, short stories, were put together into one book called The Voyage of the Space Beagle, Whoa. which is not as cool as it <clears throat> sounds. The the the, spe- the the space beagle is a ship. Yeah, it is not a spacefaring beagle. Right. Oh, and wasn't the beagle that was Darwin's yes, ship? That's the, the ship that he was commissioned to be the captain's best friend on before. <laughs> yes. or, yeah, that's how we got. That's how we went on the ship. I remember. Yeah. I think you told me that yeah. a while ago. Yeah. Uh, which is, that's how do I get that job? Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, so there's this cat, this cat alien. Um, what does it do? I wrote it down. Where did I put it? Come on, Chris. All right, let me look it up because it's good. I'm looking at pictures of it right now. Yeah, it kind of yeah. looks like a. It is a like a like a non-black version. Yeah. Of it, it turns up in D and D, not D and D. Sorry, Final Fantasy. Oh yeah, that's is probably it... what a lot of these pictures are because they all are. <laughs> everything is like rendered in like it looks like it's from a game yeah right it's like you know this like the poly count is like a bit low for this to be just like a render somebody made yeah. so like it looks like it's in a game yeah um their tentacles are coming from their like word like their whiskers would be if they were normal cats and a lot of these a lot uh, of these images yeah yeah they're cool variations on the look yeah of of them oh that's cool so yeah. they are from these stories where they're basically they look almost exactly like Displacer beasts, yeah. but they look more like uh, leopards. Yeah. Right? The, the coloration is more like a leopard. Um, so in these books, they have, they're comparable to a large cat. They have four legs twice as long as its hind legs. Tentacles of the shoulders terminating in suction cups, so they ripped uh, directly off. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, in the text, the, oh, yeah, the skin coloration is not mentioned, but on the covers they're shown as black but a lot of the i guess the final fantasy images have taken over so now they're like leopard looking um they can survive in different atmospheres and environments so they're adept at like space living they can manipulate em radiation and they seem to communicate via this method sweet so they communicate with electromagnetic radiation which is yeah like different than telepathy it's like mm-hmm. they, it's vibration so they use like something on the spectrum the wavelength spectrum yeah well they're uh they're well they're they would be communicating with like radio essentially right right because it's it's like anything on the electromagnetic spectrum 
they're just they're they're transmitting like radio waves yeah more or less yeah so yeah so that's yeah and that somehow you like have to get like a ham radio yeah <laughs> so you, you you gotta tune in you gotta tune Maybe in they to can't the... even hear you yes yeah. mm. you communicate through this method you got they can only listen to the radio they can't hear anybody <laughs> talk or anything so yeah. if you got to communicate with them you gotta... that's a great uh uh <laughs> that would be an extremely deep cut trent radio show to do like any community radio show yeah. to do is <laughs> i'm communicating with an alien yeah. Cat with tentacles that communicates with electromagnetic radiation. Beast radio. Yeah. Please respond to this message. Yeah, you think Displacer Beasts have like their own, uh, like vibrant community <clears throat> radio culture? I mean, yeah. Why? Why not? <laughs> I mean, yes. why not? You know, and maybe hey, they so they don't have a language, but like maybe that's because we can't like hear their thing. You know, yeah. like. That's maybe maybe their their they they their tentacles are also like antenna and transmitters and they're they're communicating with each other because I mean if they're doing their weird like a uh, displacing thing with with because if if that's because of molecules yeah like other stuff they're just not magical at all they're just extremely weird yeah. scientifically yeah you know like I I yeah that's way more exciting <laughs> yeah so you could like yeah to communicate with them you have to like incapacitate one and then like manipulate their tentacles yeah. you have to like handle animal in a way that is actually makes it a useful skill once in a while <laughs> and you can communicate through one or something like that yeah the animal handling skill really goes out the window the moment anyone has the ability to talk to animals and mm-hmm. then it just becomes charisma checks for yeah because like when it, it's often used for like making sure your horse doesn't bolt mm-hmm. but like that yeah or like calming down a a thing yeah like mundane uh animal encounters really stop being important after a while and or if you want to do something with an animal that's more complicated usually you have like a spell you can use like messengers or Mm -hmm. something like that yeah yeah in one of the games i'm running right now there's a there's a circle of shepherds druid who can just talk to every animal Mm -hmm. Uh, they already could talk to small animals because they're a a forest gnome um, but now can just talk to every animal all the time um, and so, uh, in order to like, to deal with that, I just like, what would it, like an animal can't really often give you super specific answers. It can give you the general idea if you're yeah. talking to it about things, but like, it's, it doesn't have the vocabulary to like actually answer your question. Yeah. Most the, of the time. The, what you're going to get out of this isn't. Yeah, you're not going to get a lot of reward for mm-hmm. investing yeah. in the handle animal skill. Like, oh, too often. maybe maybe this dog will tell me who the murderer is. It's like <laughs> I want cheese. Yeah. No one gives me cheese. <laughs> you know, and just screams at you about how much it wants cheese. Yeah. That's that's yeah. That's not yeah. going to answer your so question. Maybe handle animal could uh, be literally handling the animal's radio antenna <laughs> You've and pointing it. Yeah, yeah, getting its good. Move signal. them around. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta wrestle this displacer beast to point its tentacles in the right direction, yeah. so that you can you can communicate. Maybe what if that's the only way to communicate across a long distance? Yeah, is by <laughs> wrestling a displacer yeah, that's beast. That's how they that's how they communicate in the yeah. in the Feywild. Yeah, and that's another. Um, uh, if you want to use like monster killing and then using their parts for stuff to have mm-hmm. effects in your game, yeah, um, there's. 
there's a history of displacer beast hide being able to give you like a cloak of displacement or whatever. So you get the oh, yeah. armor effects, but you could also <laughs> use it, I guess, to uh, do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have like a non having, cause there's like telepathy, mm-hmm. but then there's also creatures that have telepathy. Yeah. But this is like a very specific form of long distance communication. Yeah. That people in your like, you know, in any 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 given like uh, uh, medieval stasis fantasy mm-hmm. universe, that's not going to be on there. That's not that's not going to be on there. Uh, there, you know, nobody's going to be looking for that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's like the uh, like you're like a wind talker. Yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a. It's like that's an enc- encrypted you know message. Is like we've got to send this via displacer yeah. beast because it can't be intercepted. Yeah. yeah. You're like you're like the Russian Navy creating a displacer beast code. Yeah. But only other receivers with mm. displacer beasts so you have like units with displacer beasts yeah. tied up or something or oh. like convinced to work for you yeah but then it goes wrong and you bring them all to you and then there's so <laughs> many displacer beasts hunting everything yeah, killing everything situation yeah some you have a house full of displacer beasts just like pooping everywhere <laughs> yeah some foolish artificer somewhere has like gotten their tower overrun by displacer beasts and you got to go <laughs> figure out what's going on yeah. solve the mystery oh it's an antenna uh oh, yeah, yeah. So it's calling calling all displacer beasts to it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Displacer beasts are very good uh, uh, alchemical folly yeah. monsters. Good wizards, abandoned wizards tower <clears throat> monsters for sure. Because they're yeah. just like a couple animals slapped together. Because if you were like a scientist in like a weird magic world, that you you would see a displacer beast and think like that might answer a lot of my questions. <laughs> that, if yeah, I could my, get my, a my... hold on that, yeah. I might figure out what a molecule is. Right. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah. I can shoot fire from my fingers, but I don't know about germs yet. Imagine that. If they, like, come up with a whole, like, periodic table of elements and a whole, they, they, they get all the all the science in, like, a fantasy world. And if yeah. you're like, what's the history of that? It's like, well, uh, there are these tentacle panthers. I like the idea of a uninformed table of elements, like, their best guess. It's like, okay, table of elements, snakes, <laughs> yeah, fish. <laughs> neutrality <laughs> neutrality yeah law uh, evil yeah yeah evil has four electrons blue fire green fire <laughs> yeah yeah uh guano <laughs> lots of guano yeah oh the the co- coral they can uh there's something else they feed themselves by sustaining on the id of others. Oh, great. Yeah. It's a good weird thing. Super weird. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if they kill you or not, but you no longer have an id, so they might make you a better person. Oh, yeah. So the, when they feed on it, do they, like, they take it out of you? Is that know. what they do? I don't know. I've never, I haven't read these, yeah. this story. Because it's kind of like, I mean, we'll get to it eventually, but that's, that's a little bit like what flumps do. Yeah, because flumps they eat what, bad vibes. I get yeah. That's that's their whole thing. Is that's why they hang out in the underdark is because they eat your bad vibes. There's and, so many bad vibes down there. Yeah, but the, they calm you down. They right. calm you down because they, they take them out of you, and so you you chill out when you're hanging out with flumps. Right. And they don't get the bad vibes. They eat them. They metabolize them. Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of the same. This is maybe not the bad vibes, but like your id, right? Yeah. So like any kind of uh, dark behavior in you. Yeah. yeah. They hunt you, and then it's fine. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that coral hunted me down, and it got me, but 
I'm not going to go buy junk food anymore. So yeah. that's good. That yeah. could be a funny way. Uh, like instead of hunting down a monster, you have to figure out how to be hunted by them. Yeah. You have to like attract them to you somehow <laughs> and let them stalk you. But like, oh, yeah. maybe like they're like cats, right? So they don't, they want to hunt. They're not just going to go for like their, or like a tiger in captivity. Yeah. Right. Like, they want to hunt. They yeah. They don't want just like meat thrown at them. Yeah. So you have to like make yourself. Enticing. She doesn't want to be fed. She wants to be hunt. <laughs> she wants to hunt, you yeah. know? Yeah. The, Another yeah. Jurassic Park. You see? Yeah. She's piling up the similarities. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Making yourself enticing to be hunted. <laughs> from an id devouring. Or like you could use it for any ailment. You can make it. You could have a displacer beast. And displacer beasts don't all have to be the same species. Yeah. You know, like you could have one. It could be just one that will eat your, like, poison that's in you or something. Or, like, mm. you have some curse. Yeah. It's a curse eater. Mm-hmm. That's good. So you, you're cursed. The only way to get rid of this curse is to get hunted by this mo- this weird monster. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to, like, find the appropriate oils yeah. and perfumes. Or like you have to you have to find out what its prey usually is and then mm-hmm. act like it. Right. Somehow. <laughs> you have to confuse it into attacking you. Amazing. Just uh, just dressed in like a really bad unicorn costume. <laughs> <laughs> um just oh, like maybe, yeah. at every at every turn doing a prey response and running away from everything, but like not too fast, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to control yourself. Yeah. Or like unicorns are like pure good right oh yeah so what if what if unicorns are just horses that have been hunted by this, <laughs> this thing <laughs> they get all the id taken out of them all the yeah, bad vibes out of them yeah yeah they don't have any uh untoward <laughs> they don't have any vices anymore <laughs> so the Feywild, um, they yeah yeah so the, the Feywild is full of like there's a lot of like uh uh, mercurial things happening in the Feywild, like lots mm-hmm. of there's lots of cruelty still, but like yeah, the good the good is very good and the bad is very bad in the yeah. Feywild. But like maybe a lot of the good creatures are there because they've been hunted by the the bad vibes panther. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's great. Uh, so yeah, I don't know this this story. I don't really know the displacement thing. I don't know if that factors into it. But um, in the story, it it they they there's there's this human crew, there's a, a spaceship, and they encounter this this cat thing, mm-hmm. and they assume it is an unintelligent animal, and they allow it to come on board, but it actually learns about them and their habits and stuff, and it hunts one of them down and kills them, and then it becomes like a survival story of them trying to like outwit this cat that's actually a lot smarter than they thought. Yeah. And they end up tricking it in, to go onto one of their escape pods, and they blast it out the escape pod, and it kills itself when it realizes that it's stuck in this pod. Oh shit! Super dark. Yeah. Um, but also, that kind of speaks like you could uh, lawful maybe like knowing that it's been defeated, it's not going to just like wail and claw its way or like do anything yeah. to survive. It's like. I don't know if it's like an honorable thing or it's like been outwitted or if it's just like <clears throat> the logical thing. Yeah. It like, or, 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 or just like the, okay, well 
this is the situation I'm, I'm in, so I'm at least going to be the one taking control of it. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trapped in an escape pod. I'm going to be the one to take me out. Damn yeah, it. so yeah. That, that does imply like a greater than usual like, yeah. animal intelligence. Um, it also suggests that removing someone's it kills them. I think, mm. which is less fun. Yeah, then it may as well just kill them if it doesn't do anything. Different. Yeah, yeah. No, it should do weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. It should change you. Hmm. Yeah. There, you could make a table and roll on the table to see what the displacer beast eats. What part from of your, your psychology? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, is it going to eat your uh, your uh, 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 super ego? Yeah. Your ego or your id? Is it going to take away your uh, your oral fixation? <laughs> on the pipe now it is just a cigar now it is <laughs> <laughs> now it is un pipe <laughs> mixing <laughs> things uh, what else did I have here the ecology went into that um, oh so there's another there's another um, underwater cat thing with uh in where is it it's close to home it is uh like an anishinaabe uh story oh yeah ojibwe uh several several um different peoples of the northeastern woodlands and great lakes region particularly among the anishinaabe so it is called the underwater panther and it is described as kind of like the medieval european idea where it's like an amalgamation of different things it's parts of many animals wild feline often a cougar or lynx the horns of a deer or bison upright scales on its back occasionally feathers parts of other animals depending on the particular myth sometimes uh, serpentine qualities they roar or hiss the sounds of storms or rushing rapids so they make a crazy noise, and there's uh, there are pictographs of them uh, at Lake Superior Provincial Park, which is cool. I didn't oh. know that they had uh, underwater panthers. <clears throat> um, so they and the, they're they're dangerous things. They uh, guard areas. There's a a story of a Jesuit missionary who went with some uh, Ojibwe people. And they got on a boat to take some copper. Oh, yeah, they guard copper. Okay. Is one of the things. Yeah. So indigenous peoples uh, mined copper long before the arrival of Europeans. And so, like usual, uh, the Europeans thought they should get into anything good. Yep. And completely uh, overstrip everything and just uh, take all the wealth from themselves so then this underwater panther uh, crept up as soon as these as soon as this Jesuit missionary launched his boat and they had a bunch of copper with them that he was going to take back home the uh, the eerie voice of the water panther water panther surrounded them growled after them vigorously accusing them of stealing the playthings of his children and they didn't die right away, but all of them died on their way back to the voyage. Oh. Just long enough for the last one to tell people what had happened. Cool. 
So definitely uh, an angry creature of some sort. Um, so that's kind of neat, being tied to uh, a, a, a thing, like a, this creature is tied to a resource or something that it's, yeah. it's fighting, and yeah. it sneaks up on you and doesn't kill you right away necessarily. It displaces its time of murdering Whoa. you. Yeah. And then there's a, I think it's pronounced uh, Tepeyotl, is the Aztec god of earthquakes, echoes, and jaguars. Whoa. <laughs> uh, it's a compound word meaning uh, mountain and heart or interior, usually depicted as a cross-eyed uh, jaguar holding a white staff with green feathers. And the thing with jaguars in um, Aztec and other like Mesoamerican, uh, old Mesoamerican cultures, uh, this is basically mostly based on this one book I read uh, by Wade Davis called uh, One River. But I think it bears out in other things I've read. Um, the idea of a jaguar, the, the jaguar in like the religions of these people like it's not like a dichotomous religion where like for christian religion there's like heaven and hell and us yeah right or like there's heaven and then us there's like a separation between the divine and us yeah but in aztec mythology and others um it is one and the same so like you live in the divine world at the same time yeah and the jaguar is extra special because it crosses the boundaries between our world and the divine world all the time. Oh like yeah. Constantly because there's a few reasons. One is like they hunt during the day and night and in their mythology, the day is like a separate world from the night. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they live in caves, which were also places that were kind of sacred and in between worlds. So they do all these things that are in between the world yeah and they're also like as much as these peoples dominated their environment the jaguar would still uh get you yeah right like so they were the masters of death as well yeah. and would take you to the underworld that um i wonder if that idea is connected at all maybe, maybe not but like yeah, i always remember this part in uh in uh constantine the the movie <laughs> with uh, keanu reeves please go on where please. uh when you're trying to i think they did that thing where you you briefly go to hell by intentionally by giving yourself a near-death experience and you would yeah you would have to like so suicidal right? yeah, yeah yeah exactly um uh but it was good to have a cat around you when you were doing that because cats were half in half out anyways so, yeah, half in half, half in, out. out exactly yeah, yeah so they they they're uh through these boundary animals, right? Yeah. Um, so th that idea with the the water cats of Arthurian legends yeah. and the like Ojibwe myth, uh, uh, stories are like, so look at something through water, it displaces it yeah. a little bit, yeah. right? And like water in myth is often like it's a mirror world or it's like a represents the subconscious there's yeah. like all these kinds of like uh shifting of meaning when you, you're dealing with water and i think it's interesting that all of these sources are concerning this cat and like 
it yeah. is all represented in the displacer beast is this cat that's like not what you think it is and not where you think it is yeah and uh i just i didn't expect there to be so much um kind of real world backup behind it yeah that's really cool because it really does just seem like there's a cool monster yeah but yeah it, like, but like the, it makes kind of sense because like, like predators like this like big cats are stalker uh, yeah. stalkers right yeah. like they come from places unseen they're hidden yeah. and even to this day there's like uh i don't know how often anymore actually but i hear about you know, like mountain lion attacks or yeah. something, and it's like they come out of nowhere. Yeah, or in the right? um in the Sundarbans in uh, in India, uh, in like uh the the Bengal region. So mm-hmm. in the delta, uh, where the the um the Ganges River empties in, it's this big river delta, and so there's this whole. I think it's a mangrove forest, like it's a forest, but like it's all water. Yeah, underneath. It's like swampy. Kind of. Yeah, and that's where a lot of honeybees are in India, and so you've got to go through these little canoes to collect honey from there. But that's also a place, one of the only places in the world still where more tigers kill people than people kill tigers right which i i'm kind of like away yeah and and like i i like it would really suck to get killed by a tiger to have somebody love get killed by a tiger but it's really hard for part of me not to be like fuck yeah tigers yeah man like we gotta we gotta stay humble yeah and um but when the people are going out there to gather honey which i'm sure is a nerve-wracking thing to set (laughs) out to do what you what they've done under the uh, best circumstances yeah is they wear a mask on the back of their head right because tigers unless they can help it don't attack when they're when they're when you're facing it so that's what you do is you have a mask on the back of your head so that's uh, the tiger. Yeah, you displace yeah. your own head. Yeah, you got to displace the displacer, All the way around you. and then it cancels out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's also uh, it's also I think that area is is extremely foggy too, so you can't even see anything. God, and suddenly a tiger, Perfect tiger killing, which can leap like a horizontal twenty feet, like tigers. Their stat. I don't think their stats in Dungeon Dragons are beefy. <laughs> no, enough. they're not. Yeah, same with grizzly bears. Grizzly bears got brown bears got pretty good stats in D anD D, but like those both and crocodiles, all three of those animals need to be way more dangerous than they are in this game. The holy trinity. Yeah, three the, the axis <laughs> of animal. Yeah, the last three animals I would ever want to have to fight. <laughs> I, I don't want to fight animals, but if I had to choose, those would be the last ones. Yeah. I think you can think about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I had a, one more point to talk about with these things. Um, so going back to the idea of their mo- molecules shifting. Oh, yeah. Um, if you take this further, I've, I've read some crazy conspiracy theories and it turns up in science fiction a lot as mm-hmm. well. Um, or like the reason like there are things uh uh what what am i talking about alternate realities yeah um aren't just places that are far away or like we have no access to them they actually occur in the exact same space yeah. as us <clears throat> but we just don't interact with them because their molecules everything there is vibrating on a completely different frequency. Well, that's what different dimension actually means. A dimension is a number that you need to measure something, right? Right. So if you have a graph with an x-axis and a y-axis and a z-axis, yeah. but if there was an extra axis that you couldn't fit into three-dimensional space, it was just like a second graph, and you have these 
these pages of graphs that you yeah, can flip yeah. through, and that's the other dimension. Of course, yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect so the sense. parallel dimension I, is I like every. It's like all the molecules are like three feet to the left in an additional space that a, a you need an extra number in addition to the sort. four yeah. three coordinates of space and one coordinate of time. There's another number that you need to get to the thing that's happening just outside of it in like a weird extra space. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure most high-level physicists just think that's a real thing. <laughs> like, I don't think that's conspiracy what, like shit. like there are actual alternate dimensions happening around us? Um, they might not be like intelligent, like m- maybe not like another you right. there, but there's like... Like, I don't, yeah, I don't mean like mirror yeah. versions yeah. of our world, but yeah. I mean like different things happening around us. Yeah, there's, 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 um, well, that's kind of like, a, so, so dark matter, right? Mm-hmm. Is, um, you know, it's there because there's more gravity than there should be, but it doesn't interact with anything else, right? Right. And so, like, what, there's, so there's some stuff there that doesn't interact with any measurable part of our world that is kind of having an effect on it. Yeah. And so, um, it exists like in a different kind of space than the kind of space we're used to talking about. And so it's really counterintuitive, but it's basically that it's like, it's, it's just a little bit off phase from everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Is, which is a theory, but it's really hard to prove that definitively because like you, you nothing interacts with it that we can use. So, yeah. And isn't yeah. like the dark matter we know of like really far away. Um, there's, uh, well, it's the only way that galaxies can form the way that we can clearly observe them forming Uh is if it's, it's all there. Like, so that it's, it's in the Milky Way galaxy and it should be little bits of it all over the place in the universe, just not interacting with anything. Right. Cause it's super hard to measure. We, yeah. It's in vast quantities affecting gravity. So yeah, that's it. Cause it, so it, it's in large enough quantities. It bends, right. it displaces shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. So, it bends like, well, it bends gravity around it, but yeah. gravity is just a warp in space time that light has to bend through yeah. in a weird way. It's like a, yeah. So displacer beasts are dark matter. Yeah. They're, they're, they've, or yeah, they're dark matter or they got a bunch of dark matter in them mm-hmm. that makes them act weird. And so that's why their molecules are doing weird shit. And like part of their body exists phased out of this one yeah, in a different reality. Cause yeah. one of the things I like about their ability is that it's not like they turn it on and off. Yeah. Uh, it's always happening. Yeah. So they're, they're not like, they're not going between one world and another. They're like mm. stuck in between yeah. two worlds. Yeah. And I wonder if they should like have, if this should be a problem for them or if they are native to this in between world. Yeah. They're like a, they're a, it's, they're in like the, what is it called? Like the littoral zone yeah. that like the boundary between like the ocean and the land. Yeah. It's like the coastal area. Like, yeah. 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 They're stuck on this other. So, like, forget the Feywild yeah. entirely. If we're yeah. going to go with this purely uh, physical, this physics yeah. uh, ability. Uh, Feywild, I mean, I have, I have nothing wrong with the the whole presentation in the fifth edition book about this. Like, where do you find them? What are they, what are they doing there? How they fit in the ecology? Yeah. I think that makes per- perfect sense. It's great. Um, but I also really like this bizarre, more... Uh, like esoteric strange backstory to it yeah where they're yeah so like what are they on the border of yeah if you just like take them if you want to make a whole question out of these monsters you could make it almost like a cosmic horror story or like a 
the cosmic exploration story or something, right? About this mm-hmm. like other world yeah. that they're touching at the same time. Yeah. So it's it's close. It's right here, but yeah. we do, we can't get there. And then you have to yeah. like manipulate how to get there yeah. yourself or how to bring them fully over to one side or the other. Yeah. Or maybe when they're fully on this side, they're just house cats. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of art of Displacer Beast house cats. House cats, yeah. Displacer cats. Yeah. yeah, that's another way to do it too. If you wanted to make them more, uh, more like funnier, you just have like house cat sized versions of them. Oh yeah, where they're still displacer beasts and they're still love the thrill of the hunt, but they're like on your lap also. <laughs> and it's just, it's just it's just a regular cat with little kind of harmless tentacles, you know. But to pick it up and pet it, you've got to pet the space just next to it. Yeah, right, not right <laughs> on it. Yeah, <laughs> that would make a great familiar. Is a tiny little displacer, displacer beast? beast? Yeah, yeah a displacer cat. Well, well, I guess I gotta have six, six legs too. Mm-hmm. That's a big part. I keep forgetting about that. Yeah, it's not a very important part, but it does add to the, mm-hmm. the strangeness of them. Definitely suggests that they're like there might not really be cats. Like they're they're called displacer beasts. The closest, like the illustration in the fifth edition is very feline. Yeah, but like there are some out there that are more alien. That I really like. Yeah, the the three point five, the yeah, three and three point five one. That's really like skeletal and weird. Yeah, and it's uh, it's proportioned like it's extremely thin waist. Like yeah, it's, it's almost like insecto insectoid. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like when uh, you do that thing where you just like stretch imaginary skin over a skeleton. Yeah. to like guess what it might look like, and uh, you usually get like weird results that yeah. don't look like the real creature. You know. Looks like that. It does look like that. And yeah. you, uh, yeah, so don't be constrained by thinking it has to be a cat yeah. type thing or like even act like a sort of very smart dog. Yeah, you could make it yeah. real weird. You could make a displacer bears. Yeah, that's the thing. Displacer beast, you could assign this property to like any kind of, any kind of thing. There yeah. is kind of some good to, like when you, uh, especially if you've played the game for a while, or whatever, and you like, and you've encountered Displacer Beast, or like you've you've built up the thing, yeah. And then everyone at the table has this encounter with the capital D, capital B, Displacer Beast, yeah. That puts them, lets them have an experience that can relate to everyone else that plays the game. Mm-hmm. Something I've noticed in this this game, this hobby or whatever, is like uh, when you say you've ran or you've played through the Tomb of Horrors or something, Yeah, it makes it an experience that everyone can relate to that plays this game. Yeah. And it becomes like a thing. So Displacer Beasts as cats is a thing. Yeah. That people kind of like to have checked off on their D&D yeah, totally. list. Yeah. You know? It's like you've ever been fooled by a mimic, you know? That's a, everyone's got to have right. a good, yeah, yeah, good yeah. mimic story. Yeah, I think I saw one of those yeah. things floating around on the internet. Yeah. Uh, I also had a question about what their internal world would be like being in two different places. Because it reminds me of um, uh, like Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen, yeah. where he exists the, throughout time, mm-hmm. everywhere, yeah, at the same time, which is an interesting character. doesn't always make sense, but I mean, it's the way it's presented, uh, like it works, works for the story, in yeah. my opinion. But like a displacer beast, what if... Um, if you maybe consider them having more control over where they appear versus where they actually are. Mm-hmm. And like, do they, uh, if you gave them more sensory 
experience of the whole thing like yeah do they feel like they're in two places at once yeah like what where are they seeing from yeah. are they seeing from their real position or are they seeing from their illusory well, position both but they know the one is like an illusion oh, yeah. or something you know like uh how does that work I yeah. don't know. Like just having, I, know. I think it'd be, I think there, I think it'd be really cool to interact with them a lot more than the text suggests. Yeah. I think there's something to it, but I don't really know. I don't know how to crack it exactly. You could have some kind of like magical barrier that nothing can pass through, but the displacer beast can put its fake form through there. And so that could be a way of communication. Yeah. Where like normally you couldn't communicate, but like you, well, it can displace its image, its impression through that space. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's a very, it's a very uh, specialized. Yeah, but you could make it work. Um, I think they would have like some sort of identity schism yeah. or something. But I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it. It could just be a a thing about hitting them with swords. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely a lot of potential with the the multi dimensional. Yeah, uh, cat. <laughs> that uh eats your id takes your id away yeah yeah i think we've explored this uh displacer beast pretty thoroughly yeah i'm pretty ex- happy with that yeah it <clears throat> has um a passive perception of 11 <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah the stat block whatever uh everything we've said was more interesting yeah <laughs> well they only have a tentacle attack i think they should they should have a bite they should be able to bite too. Yeah, I know it's uh, it's a little nuts. The uh, original monster manual has more to it. They have uh, magic resistance. Oh yeah, because yeah. their molecules are so weird. They save as a twelfth level fighter, which is pretty high in the oh yeah original D and D world. Yeah, you never make it up to level twelve. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Uh, they also have what are their attacks? Attacks two and two. It doesn't say what it's from. But they also have two attacks with their tentacles. But yeah, they should be biting stuff. That should yeah. be the whole thing. Yeah. Bears can make two claw attacks and a bite attack. Yeah. These display they have six, six legs, legs and two tentacles and a face full of full of teeth. Come on. Yeah. Actually, this this displacer beast in the fifth edition looks like it has eight legs. One, two, three, four, five. No, never mind. Never mind. I'm just looking at it funny. It is hard to tell. It's 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 weird because it's all they're yeah, kind of bundled worry. together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On that note, yeah. Um, what's the next monster? Oh, let's turn the page and find yeah. out. Yeah, doppelganger. Ooh. I like that one. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we got anything to plug? <laughs> um, uh, well, if you uh, if you enjoy our theme song, I make music. You can go to elias.bandcamp.com. Yeah. All my music is free. Uh, um, I'm pretty sure I put all of it on an attribution only Creative Commons thing. So if you want to use it in your uh, presentations, just just <laughs> just uh, just make sure you mention my name in it. Your corporate presentations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For all your PowerPoint um, needs. Put them in your PowerPoints. Yeah, that's what I, I make music for PowerPoints. And uh, I, that's, that's all I got to plug. That's great. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm just going to plug the show. This is Monster Manual Mash. Yeah. And uh, there's more. 
coming. More coming. And uh, 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 send us an email if you have oh, any yeah. we got comments. A, we, have yeah. a, we have a Gmail, monstermanualmash at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, yell at us for getting pronunciations, stories, uh, all the sorts of things that yeah. I get wrong. Tell me. Oh, yeah. At me with your, with, your, with your pedantry. I want it. Yeah. We, yeah. we thrive on it. It sustains us. We eat yeah. it like, uh, like it's your id. Yeah. And uh, we will take it away from you and we will process <laughs> it for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there was something I was going to say. Oh, yeah. So I was thinking about the devil episode we recorded. We, we didn't talk about uh, uh, Faust, did we? I don't think so that's like the the faustian pact which is the thing right where you make a deal with the devil yeah with a with a mephistopheles is that the it's mephisto something what what i was going to do is okay i don't want to talk about it right now i just want to acknowledge that we ignored it before because the episode hasn't aired yet we've we're recording a few yeah banking them and then releasing so i haven't heard any anyone say you didn't talk about faust right well yeah I, so, <laughs> I've already thought about it, and I'm not doing it. Yeah, so deal with it. All yeah. right. Um, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks. Thank you for. <laughs> um, thank you all so much. Goodbye. Good night. we are i'm not quite sure that it was worth all the anticipation i should have just done this on the spot but it is what it is